Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Internet Marketing. to see by site visibility at sitevisibility.com this is internet marketing today i'm joined by neil cole comedian producer presenter and my famous friend is that me yeah <laughs> hello andrew <laughs> <laughs> sorry we, we we've known each we go back a, a fair few years neil and i do and neil it, i'm just trying to wind neil up because he hates it when we're out and i say oh this is my famous friend who's on telly he absolutely hates it well, because if if I were actually that famous, then you wouldn't have to say that because the person you were introducing me to slash showing me off to would say, I recognise you because you're famous. Um, so it's all relative, isn't it? There are certain pockets of the world and pockets of the UK to whom I am probably a known face. But otherwise, yeah. um, you're, as far as you're concerned, I am your famous friend. Thank you. Which is Neil. nice. Uh, I know what it's like because I, I, you know, there's there's fame and there's fame, and and I'm I've got a very sort of narrow fame base. I am famous to a certain number of people. Yeah. And I was just saying to both of them actually the other day. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, I'm trying to be funny now because you're a comedian. Um, okay, so why don't you start off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Then we'll talk about uh, promoting comedy through social. Yeah, well, I am a stand-up comedian and have been involved in comedy for uh, nearly 20 years, on and off. But I also, I'm a TV presenter, work in um, a variety of fields, entertainment, motorsport, adventure sports, etc. And I produce stuff, I produce television, and I'm also the series writer for one of Red Bull Media House's flagship adventure sports documentary series called Ultimate Rush. Um, so I oversee the production of that and write the finished scripts for that. So I, I wear many hats. Literally, mm. I keep lots of different plates spinning, literally. And I've got fingers in lots of pies, literally. So it's a messy, pie smashy, platey, hat-wearing kind of life. And of course, that couldn't be more than 10 pies because you've only got 10 digits. Well, you think that, but I count my toes. Oh, 20 then. Okay. 20 pies. At least 20 pies at any given time. Okay, Neil, I'm very tempted to get into a, a, a sort of a, a, the silly conversations we, norm, we normally have offline. So let's, let's no stick to the point. That. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners don't want to listen to that. Um, let, okay, so let's talk about social media and let's talk about promoting your stand-up. How much of a role does social media and web marketing play in your feeling in, in sort of promoting stand-up? It's huge. It's kind of revolutionised every sort of every aspect of, of stand-up. Um, from the front end, for example, I would say at least once every month, 
social media, something that will pop up on social media and I actually get work because someone has said, oh, so-and-so is looking for an act or someone's dropped out. Um, so you actually get work through the, your network of people on Facebook and Twitter, but then also promoting what you're doing, getting selling tickets, um, getting bums on seats, and also creatively as well, sort of trying out jokes or, or saying something funny in the moment that gets a little bit of momentum. You know, you'll, you'll harvest followers... Um, so every aspect of, of social media is valuable to me with my comedian's hat on. Yeah. And would you say that Twitter is where new jokes come from? Yes. Uh, Twitter's changed a hell of a lot. I was a very early adopter of Twitter and I loved it when you could just kind of punt out your most random thoughts and um, people who just, you know, you didn't know who liked them or uh, who who was enjoying them it was just a kind of you're sort of throwing leaves into a into a hurricane now you sort of you tend to think much more carefully about what you write and the more followers you get the more kind of responsibility you feel uh for tweeting kind of correctly but one of the biggest problems is i used to regularly try out one-liners because if you're a sort of a lot of most stand-ups aren't sort of joke writers anymore yeah. as you probably know if you see stand-up they tell brilliant stories they tell stories about things that happened in their lives yes and things that they've completely made up and rude things but if you're it's, I, I do a lot of one-liners i do actual old-fashioned jokes yeah and twitter's very good for trying that out except there's no kind of control to the experiment so you could tweet what you think is the funniest one-liner you've ever written <laughs> and it gets literally no response no one laughs um, yeah, because you can't see their faces. What it may be is that all 5,000 of your followers at that moment do a little <laughs> and they've enjoyed it, but they haven't bothered to retweet it or like it or favourite yeah. it. Um, yeah. Whereas something you say really flippant that you don't even think is particularly funny might hit really big and, you know, gets dozens or scores of retweets and, and likes and you've got no idea why. So then it can be a little confusing when it comes to translate that onto doing it on stage because obviously a live audience can have exactly the same response one night they uh, the entire crowd could fall about laughing and you're carried out there on a on a sedan throne um uh, and then the next night they throw food at you and, and wave flaming pitchforks so you know for that reason it's is quite accurate uh, as an audience so is that a special type of pitchfork that has like sort of some it's quite oil soaked rag around each prong or something yeah, yeah it's a high pitchfork <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned something there which which was quite interesting because you mentioned oh, uh well, you occasionally do Neil. you mentioned about work coming into you through social which i had actually never thought about probably because i'm a bit of a dunce but uh, how much of a role does that play how often does that happen that it's really it, it's really good i mean 95 percent of comedians are quite nice people there are a few idiots um but as a, as a whole as a community they're very supportive because it's quite a hard it's quite a hard life, you know. You, you, yeah. you, it's very difficult to make ends meet if your full-time job is driving somewhere to stand on stage for 20 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Um, so what tends to happen is uh, you might get wind of a, on a Facebook group. This is where Facebook is sort of better than Twitter because you can be part of a Facebook group and someone will post, oh, I need a, someone's dropped out. I need a, a compare in, in Leamington Spa tonight. Can anyone come for 200 yeah. quid? And you go, yeah. oh, I'm available. And then you get the gig. And, or, or even just you know, little local nights that crop up on Twitter and Facebook saying, oh, we've got two five-minute new material spots tonight in Kingston. Mm. Uh, first come, first served. And you go, oh, actually, I could do with trying out these five minutes of new material. So, and then you realise it's Kingston, Jamaica. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you and she went of her own accord. So that's very it's very good for that, you know. And and similarly with one of my other hats on as an actor, you know, quite often I, I follow quite a lot of casting directors and producers on Twitter. And you know, if they want a very specific role casting uh, with a very narrow niche actor and they're struggling to find it they'll put that casting call on twitter and i will either know someone and, it, and get immediately in touch with someone that fits that casting brief or it might be me and i'll put myself forward for it and get the job so it's very very useful as a as a tool for helping each other when sometimes you can be a little bit alone you know out in the wilderness mm, it must be very and, um I was going to make up a word to say solitude I think probably a better word is, is, is lonely out mm. there as a, as a stand-up. I think solitude is probably the name of someone's stand-up show in Edinburgh this year. Is it? Uh, yeah, that sounds very, um, very good. That was very a Edinburgh. fluke. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the, the big danger, before we move on from sort of specifically uh, comedy on social media, mm. is theft. Theft. So if you write a really good joke, there is absolutely nothing stopping everybody on the internet then using that joke and passing it off as their own. There was a tipping point, maybe three or four years ago, where you were happily putting your beautiful haiku-like bon mo onto Twitter and your, your followers were lapping them up like asses milk. And, but there was, a, there was a point where suddenly people just realised, oh, I can just steal that and pretend that I wrote it. Mm. Or even just not realising that someone actually invested time and effort into writing it, just kind of go, oh, that's funny, I'm going to tell all my friends that. And so, and one of the big controversies over the last couple of years is the um, vilification of Keith Chegwin. Oh. Lovable, lovable Keith Chegwin. Uncle Keith. Yeah, of Chegwin's plays, plays Pop and Naked uh, Jungle. Well, you always remember him for the, for the latter, but I try and um, remember him for the former, yeah. So he has become quite a persona non grata, a sort of bête noire. I don't know why I'm speaking mainly in Latin and French. Today. Yeah, I, I'm going to put out a survey to our listeners afterwards <laughs> so they can explain what some of these strange terms are, but they sound Happy quite comical. Happy to try it in HTML, <laughs> <laughs> if that appeals more to your listeners. Not um, really. Okay, so, so he's become a genuine bête noire of the entire alternative comedy circuit because um, joke theft is very heavily frowned upon on the comedy circuit, and he has just ruthlessly... And unashamedly, for the last couple of years, just been ripping off comics and their jokes oh. to the extent that he's actually released an app and is making money from an app, which he's basically filled with jokes that he's harvested from Twitter, having stolen them from hardworking comedians who are considerably less famous than him. I wonder if he's uh, stolen my joke about wanting to go into tree surgery, but I didn't want to go out on a branch. On a limb. Oh! <laughs> if you're going to... Andy... If you're going to write a joke, um, okay, get the punchline right. Okay, sorry, Neil. Why, why would you go out on a branch? That doesn't make any I sense. I didn't want to branch out. Oh, see that now that works. See what what we do there is you go. He didn't want to go out on a limb, and then I would have said, yeah, but maybe he wanted to branch out, and then you could have said, oh yeah, but he wanted to lay down some roots, and then I, and then I would have told you to leave. <laughs> Let's see if that appears on Keith Chegwin's app. Yeah, it, it def- it's not funny enough, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> But that's the point, is you, you now second-guess yourself. Mm. It, it's quite, it is genuinely quite serious, because if you turn up to do a, a comedy show and your five best jokes have appeared uh, on Keith Chegwin's comedy app and enough people in the audience have seen those jokes, then they think that you're ripping off someone else and your work isn't original. Mm. 
mm. whereas you were the originator of those jokes. So that's the only sort of downside of um, the ubiquity of, of Twitter now. So going back to um, using social to sort of promote yourself as a, as a comedian, do you see any sort of common patterns, uh, sort of common things that people do within the comedy circuit group? Yes. One thing that I don't particularly like, approve of or do is people tend to retweet praise. Mm. So if they've just done a gig, for a few years now, quite a lot of comics at the end of their 20-minute set or their half-an-hour set will say, thanks very much, you can follow me on Twitter, and they give their Twitter handle. Mm. And then they'll harvest, you know, a, a healthy small number of new followers if the gig's gone well. And then some of those followers will go, oh, I just saw at Neil Cole, he was hilarious. And, you know, maybe 50%, maybe 40% of comedians will actually retweet that. You know? Yes. Yeah. So if, if they've done a gig and five people have tweeted, I just saw Neil Cole, he was great, that you will then, their timeline will have five retweets of people saying how great they are. Now, I don't do that. I'm slightly uncomfortable with that. Mm. Uh, I will always reply and say, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. But I don't think it actually necessarily does you any harm, retweeting praise. I don't think it switches people off, but mm. it makes me just feel slightly awkward. Mm. Other ways people use it is bigger acts. I think people like Al Murray whenever they're doing a big theatre show, will always take a selfie um, with the audience. And that's a really nice experience. So while they're on stage during their set, they'll make a point of taking a selfie in which you can see the, you know, the 500 or 3,000 people yes. um, in the audience, which is really nice because then yes. everyone's part of that moment. And that's then quite common. I've seen bands do that as well, actually. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I, th I honestly think that stand-ups were some of the first people to sort of do that, to, to yeah. break the fourth wall during a live environment and actually... Um, incorporate taking a, a selfie so um there's that and obviously there's just there's self-promotion there's people saying i am on tour mm. if you if you if you've got a tour and you've got to sell tickets you'll just be tweeting four or five times a week saying i'm in norwich tonight i'm in birmingham tomorrow i'm in coventry on friday you know that that relentless self-promotion is is essential otherwise you won't sell enough tickets you won't uh, pay your bills and you'll make a loss on a tour so you have to find uh, <laughs> find good ways to do that that yeah. aren't wearing down your audience. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yes. So Neil, I know that you mentioned uh, briefly you were sort of comparing Twitter to Facebook and things. I was just wondering about the different social platforms how they differ, what they're good for. Um, th- some of the things you haven't mentioned, like Snapchat, any any use in promoting, um, you know, comedy acts? I, I'm still waiting for someone of the generation below me to explain exactly how Snapchat works. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's a great source of great shame to me. I downloaded the app. I understand, um, but I literally don't see how you follow people, how you get people to follow you. So... I'm afraid I'm a bit of a Luddite. Uh, and also, I just, it's one, one more thing mm, yes. <laughs> to worry about. Because one of the, my most recent adoption, and we're talking like in the last two and a half years, I love Instagram. And Instagram has been great because it's, it's like Twitter was in the early days. It's, Twitter was, for me, all about just saying interesting, you know, florid things or saying something really rude one minute, then doing some self-promotion, then doing two lines of poetry, and then, you know, uh, tweeting a picture of, uh, of a nice flower. And th- this is at my blog. <laughs> <laughs> but it was quite, do you know, it was quite free. And yes. that's, how, that's how I feel that Instagram is now, is that I quite like photography, but mm. I only ever put pictures up that I've taken with my iPhone. Mm. So if I see something that I think looks cool, I stick on Instagram. And that's, that's, that's starting to work for me. I think I'm getting more traction and it's helping me professionally that I've got more followers on Instagram. And what I'm doing is... But yes, I, I, I cannot speak for Snapchat. I'm sure there are comedians in their, in their early 20s who are prolific Snapchat users and they're probably developing, like Vine, there are several comedians mm. um, like Darren Walsh and Olaf Falafel who have got millions of followers because they do brilliant little Vines and they are working out ways to translate that into bums on seats. Yes. The ticket sales because... Yeah. You've got to make those, some of those people, even if 1% of a million people comes to see your Edinburgh show, then you've sold out for the month. So that's the interesting thing is they're sort of genius for six seconds. They're brilliant vines, but they, they've got to find a way to monetize that and get people to come and physically see their long-form shows. Yeah. Snapchat's a weird one as well, isn't it? Because the, the actual... Um, I must, I'm a bit like you, actually, Neil. I'm not. I haven't actually used Snapchat myself. My wife and daughter have used it, but I think they don't stick around, do they? The the posts just stick around for was it twenty four hours, something yep. like that. Yeah, and then and they're it's gone. Part of your story, and if you're if you're at an event or a festival or something, you download the filter so it kind of shows, you know, the filter of the the. Play. I know, I know, I've seen a lot of how it works, and I know, uh, I know how it, I know sort of it, the advantages of it, but I just don't physically know the nuts and bolts. The back end, and I need a, a person who is a youth to explain yes. it to me. I, I feel really old now. I feel like two old men saying, "At Snapchat, <laughs> in my day, we just saw Twitter." But this is a podcast uh, about internet marketing, so you know we're not like we're talking about. This is the gramophone podcast. <laughs> Do you play it at seventy-eight, or is it forty-five? Just wondering, uh, general observations, uh, in, you know, the differences between Twitter and Facebook when it comes to self-promotion in this field? Well, the, the, the biggest difference is I have two Facebook profiles. So I have a public page mm. and I have a private one. So for my private page, I never accept a friend request from someone I haven't actually physically met and consider my friend. So all of my personal private stuff goes on there. 
anything that I want to be public goes on the page, which is entirely populated. You know, it's it's liked by what you could laughably call my fans. And I think I've got something like two and a half thousand pay people who like my public page. And mm. I think only about a hundred of those are actual friends. Yeah. So that's sort of, I've got a kind of split personality on Facebook. Mm. And sometimes they cross over. If, if there's something that I'm particularly proud of, in my professional life that I've shared on my public page, then I'll immediately just share that on my private page so that my actual friends know, oh, he did something cool. Um, but on the whole, I'm not a big fan of the people on Facebook who just boast all the time about the cool things that they've done because I know I'm very lucky and privileged and I get to do cool things a lot. So I tend to sort of keep a lid on that as much as possible on my private page. Um, yeah. Twitter, however, is just one account. So everything has to go on there. So I'm cautious about being too... Open and revealing about my private life, but at the same time, I I love the the opportunity just to throw out a thought in 140 characters and to like enjoy it if it goes a little bit, you know, gets a bit of traction. But yeah. actually, just to not care if it just just believe that people who who want to like it will appreciate it. You know, otherwise, why would they be following me? But so, and I think that works for me because I've got you know I'm, I'm pushing six thousand follows on Twitter, which in the great scheme of things isn't that many, but it shows that it's a lot more than my public page on Facebook. So the, the, the effort I've put in on Twitter has paid off because I've, I've got more, more followers. And then amongst all this, of course, Neil, I mean, yeah. we've got the social platforms, we've got you know, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, Snapchat, or, or not as the case may be. Um, how does the website fit into all this? What, what sort of role does the website play, would you say? I think it's important. I mean, I mind uh, my my website is a WordPress that I can edit as much or as little as I want, mm. and it's very good because I, on the front page it has you know a, a feed of each of my main social media feeds. Mm. But if I wanted to direct, because as 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 I said at the beginning of the podcast, I wear a lot of different hats. So on my website, you can click on the producer hat or the actor hat or the presenter hat or the yeah. they're not literally hats. Stop imagining hats. How did uh, you know I was imagining hats? <laughs> you know me so well, don't you? One of them is also a psychic. I'm a psychic. I, I actually, I'm sitting next to you as well, and I can see what happens in your brain. <laughs> was that a setup for a joke? No. Oh, okay. No, no. But it could have been. <laughs> um, so if I'm sending an email to a professional person about some actual work, then I can send a link to the correct page on my website where they can see my showreel or they can read my CV. And yes. There is still very much a place for your website, and I can see that because I can monitor activity. And whenever I send a link to a page on my website, the person that I've sent it to will always look at that page. So you can you can still be quite sort of nebulous with your public profile on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram. And people kind of go, oh, yeah, I know that guy vaguely. He's off that thing, but he also does that. But then you can be super specific. So in a way, this sort of it's like a, a prism the way that you use the internet and sort of the pure white light going in is you and then you use all the different colours of the spectrum however you want to that come out. That is a lovely way of describing it. I've never thought of, or I've never heard of the internet being described as a prism with an M before. I'm just going to write it down and copy yeah, yeah. it so yeah. that Keith Chegwin doesn't steal it. <laughs> when, it. when he starts doing his internet marketing <laughs> podcast and his whole big TED talk is about the internet is a prism. Although why he would speak like that, I don't know. That didn't sound like him at all. Um, okay, Neil, so if we were going to sort of boil it down and um, we've got some uh, budding comedians or comedians uh, listening to the show, mm -hmm. uh, what would your top three tips be for promoting themselves on Tinternet? 
purely from a comedian's point of view, I would follow everyone that you think is funny mm. and watch how they do Twitter. That's the first thing, is on Twitter, follow the funniest people. And if within about four days their tweets are really dull and it suddenly affects how you perceive them as a comedian, then you realise they're doing it wrong, unfollow them and don't do it like that. Okay. Tip number two would be play nice. You know, it's very tempting when you're an early uh, beginner stand-up, a rookie stand-up, to get involved in little tiny spats. There's a, there's a, a famous internet forum on the comedy website called Chortle, which has pages and pages of just vile arguing and, and insults and, mm. and banter because young open spots, not even young, open spots and new comedians are just kind of bitching about, and then, then this happened, and then, then they did this, and oh, my gig's mm. been ruined. And that's there forever. Uh, so don't get involved in very sort of petty-minded spats on the internet because it's the, your life, your average life, the sort of half-life of a, of a comedian from first ever gig to making it and maybe being on telly, the average is about seven to eight years. Mm. So your first year and a half, you, you learn like a sponge, but don't sort of base all your opinion on, um, of comedy based on what happens on the internet and just focus on doing your job on stage really and three just sort of just be funny <laughs> use, use all of your social media platforms to be as funny as possible without stealing other people's jokes yeah course. obviously yeah without stealing but just be funny yeah and don't be annoying neil thank you so much for coming on the show um how can our listeners find out more about you and contact you if they want to well across all the uh the aforementioned platforms at neil cole on twitter that's n-e-i-l-c-o-l-e uh, Facebook, just search for Neil Cole. Uh, Instagram, Neil by Mouth. Um, and my website is theneilcoleshow.com. Fantastic. Thanks, Neil. And thanks to our listeners for listening. Overuse of the word listening there. Show notes are at the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, if you fancy doing a review, please go ahead because the more reviews we can get, especially if they're good ones, hopefully the more the audience will grow and the more people we can help and get to. Um, we're also looking to answer some questions uh, from our audience in future episodes. So email us at podcast at sitevisibility.com or leave a voice message at plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. That's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Neil. That's all from me, Andy, and that's all from Neil. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.